Hi, neighbors. Welcome to another episode of the Praise and Broship podcast, where two deconstructed best friends deconstruct praise and worship music and other forms of Christian and secular media. As former praise and worship musicians, we will do our best to bring unique, lighthearted, and hopefully insightful conversations to you every week. My name is CJ. I'm coming to you from Louisiana, and I'm joined by my best friend, Luke, in Florida. How's it going, man? Hey, doing good. Yo. So, before we get into our music segments, we always like to start the podcast off the same way with our first segment called How's Your Walk? So, Luke, how's your walk, bud? Uh, yeah. No, I mean, not much has changed. There, there's Freddy. <laughs> Fred, Fred, that, that might be a record. That's that's the earliest I think we've heard Freddy in yeah. the podcast. Kind of, I think I talked about this uh, last week. I really, you know, today I was off and tomorrow I'm off too. I'm taking a... Uh, uh, a holiday tomorrow. Nice. So I've I've had I have a three day weekend and I really didn't do anything today. I <laughs> I uh, I woke up late. Uh, I did mow the lawn, but after that, I just kind of I took a shower and laid on the couch watching TV. And then I made myself some lunch, which I actually made some uh, pretty good fish tacos from just stuff I had around the oh. house. I made my own tortillas. Like I had some mangoes, so I made a little mango salsa, seared up some fish. Pretty good. And then I made uh, some pitas for dinner tonight we, uh, and with some hummus that I made. Hummus with pitas and some veggies. It was really good. Nice. But uh, So I guess I was productive, but I didn't feel productive, you know? Yeah. That's okay. Uh, some days, sometimes it's good to have days like that. Other than that, man, not really anything new going on. Uh, how about you? Well, we closed on the selling of our house and the buying of another house on this past Friday. We're recording on Monday. So we're still getting settled into the new place and trying to recover from all the, the moving and stuff that we had to do uh, over the weekend and house is coming along. Still lots of boxes and stuff we've got to unpack and we've got to go snag some stuff out of storage as well in the next day or two just to get all that put away and squared away but it was a pretty smooth process we had an issue with the hot water heater here at the new place and (laughs) had to had to get the water shut off for so the plumber could do work and he had to get all under the house and it was a whole thing but we got that fixed the the day we moved in i think or maybe it was maybe it was saturday the next day but anyway it's just been been kind of a, a whirlwind the last few days and but we're we love the new house we're settling in and last night we just kind of took it easy Tracy and I just we watched some stuff on uh, some streaming service we watched a, oh we watched Jackass forever and uh, that was that was a lot of fun just to have some laughs Man, we, we drank I've some never, whiskey I've never been a fan. <laughs> I I if, I don't know why I just I've always liked it. Now some of the stuff they do is not my favorite, but some of the gross out stuff is not I'm not really a fan of. But I've always been been a fan of of the show and and the movies as well. But yeah, we we got into some whiskey last night, which we don't we don't get drunk together very often anymore, uh, unless we have a just babysitter. Separately. Yeah, unless we have a babysitter because, you know, we have a toddler and somebody's got to be functioning the next day to take care of him. So we uh, but yeah, we we drank some whiskey and uh, got a little drunk and just had a had a good night. So at one point, Tracy asked to ask me to get her a beer or a seltzer out of the fridge. And she has those Topo Chico seltzers. Mm -hmm. 
and she said, can you get me a Chopo Tico? <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But anyway. I might start calling it that now. Yeah. Um, I, it's, uh, I'm having a lot of fun saying that now. Chopo Tico. Well, moving on to our next segment, uh, this is CJ's week to bring a Christian or praise and worship song to us. So, CJ, uh, what have you blessed us with this week? Okay, so I will give a fuller explanation as to why I chose this particular version of this particular song uh, after we listened to it. But there were (laughs) there were some extenuating circumstances. Obviously, I've been very busy with getting the house sold and and then getting moved into the out in the, of the old house and into the new house. So things have been kind of crazy, but I've known I wanted to do this song for the last couple of weeks. I just haven't really had time to research. So I kind of changed things up at the last second and that's on me, but there's still plenty to talk about. So we're going to be doing a song called Awesome God oh. by Rich Mullins. Oh, I remember that name. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna do that. We're gonna listen to it. Everybody's gonna hear at least a song clip. If you're a Spotify free user, you'll get like a thirty second song clip. For those premium users, you'll hear the whole song coming up. And also, we'll have links to all of our the music that we share here in the show notes, so you can go that route if you would like to listen to it that way. But we're gonna listen to "Awesome God" by Rich Mullins, and we'll meet you back here in about three minutes. Welcome back, neighbors. You just listened to Awesome God, performed by Rich Mullins. So, Luke, just right off the bat, man, what do you think? Uh, The album cover is fantastic. (laughs) It's very 1988. Uh, What year did that song come out that had where the, man, I don't even know the name of the song, but Chevy Chase is in the music video with the white background and he's in the white suit? I don't... Oh god, how does the song go? It's a lot of it's a lot of mumbling. Anyway, it's the guy's in a white suit oh, and he's a little, in a white background. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I have no idea. You can be my bodyguard. I will be your long lost pal. You're talking about you can call me Al. Yeah, yeah. Isn't Chevy chasing that music video? In a white suit, but with a white background, was, and that's exactly what this is. But there's a dog. So this this song came out in '88. Yeah, it. I can't remember when you you can call me Al came out, but it it was it, it has, has to be, to be around five years of that. It has to be around the same time, maybe a a couple of years earlier. I'm, I was going to say a couple of years later. Oh really? I, I, yeah, I you want to look it up? Remember. I'm going to say ninety. I'm going to say ninety ninety one. No, 92. I'm going to go with my gut, 92. You're going to go 92, and I'll go, um, opening a new tab here, I'll say 87, 86, 1986. Oh, wow. Yeah. The year I was born. And see, I said a couple of years before that. Maybe that's I, when I saw I it. Was when went, I was but I only went 87 because I got cold feet. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> that's anyway, actually a great- way off topic. That's a great- uh, <laughs> comparison observation yeah, yeah with the album cover 
Um, by the way, this also gave me real big vibes of, you remember back in the, this time period, the late eighties, uh, and early nineties when movies would have songs that wrapped up the movie during the credits, like Ghostbusters or, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the second one, I forget the name of it. Welcome to the ooze. No secrets of the ooze. Oh yes. That's what it is with vanilla ice doing the song. Yeah, this gives this really feels like it belongs in the end credit scene of some movie. The way he <laughs> the way the lyrics are. I don't I don't under I don't know what that is. But uh speaking yeah. of lyrics, oh, we got to yeah. play our mini game called What's the Word? Okay, I'm not looking. I have the lyrics pulled up. Shit. Oh, crap. Poop. Uh but I'm not looking. I didn't I forgot. Uh It's very wordy until it's not. So I'm going to go with 120, 121. Hmm. A little high, but I think this might be, I, I can't remember our highest word count in a praise and worship song, but this one's 92, 92 words. Wow. Yeah. And the total words are 282. So it's quite, <laughs> quite a bit more because quite repetitive because it is wordy in the verses. Right. But, it, but the, the chorus is so repetitive. And in fact, I mean that in the sense of our God is an awesome God bookending the chorus, but also the, the chorus repeats what six times or something like well, that. Well, And part of the chorus repeats during the verses too. Correct. Yeah. Uh, the word God is used. Where is it? 38 times in the song. Oh, and I would have thought more because yeah, it's used twice per line. It's you it, yeah, 30 38 times in uh in this if if this is right, which I I have it pulled up here the word count. Awesome is said 19 times, half of 38 because every line says our god is an awesome god, so it's double the amount of gods because yeah, uh math. And and he doesn't say god at any other point in the lyrics other than those the the refrain within the verses and then obviously the uh the chorus but yeah 92 non-repeating words so let me give you just a little bit of background information well okay first of all let me talk about why i chose this particular version because up until about mid-afternoon today i had every intention of doing the michael w smith version which was recorded in the mid '90s. It was actually uh, 97, 1997. So they, he, uh, Michael W. Smith recorded it as a tribute to Rich Mullins because Rich Mullins had passed away that year. Uh, I say passed away; he died very tragically in a car accident. But the reason why I decided to do the Rich Mullins version was because I started doing research. Okay, today, uh, all right, sue me. I, I procrastinated. I was busy with the oh, house I didn't stuff. Pick a, I didn't pick my song until three hours ago. So. <laughs> okay, well, I, I don't feel so bad anymore. But I started researching Rich Mullins because I wasn't as familiar with him. He wrote this song. He recorded this song first, obviously. This song has been sung billions of times in churches oh, since, yeah. you know, since the late 80s. And the more that I found out about this guy, Rich Mullins, the more I was like, we have to do this version. Also, I had no idea that this song even had verses until a few hours ago. (laughs) I I legitimately (laughs) had no idea. (laughs) I was going to bring that up about, yes, exactly. Because 
in Ugh. church, in church, you just sing the chorus. You just sing that refrain over and over oh, again. I do remember when we got into it, it took me a minute to get into the song before I realized, oh, wow, I, I remember singing the song in church a lot, but I forgot that there were verses. Oh, wait, I do remember singing about him bringing them out of Egypt. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I, I really don't know that I, I, I probably listened to Rich Mullins' version at some point in the past. And, and heard the verses, but I, I honestly had no recollection of it whatsoever. It's, it's like I blocked it out. How did yeah. I? Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess it's because it's re- the chorus is uh, the uh. chorus of the song has been played. It has just been worn out, right? It's just been well, and also I feel like it probably can be interjected in any other praise and worship song so easily. Right? Yeah, and the the verses are. <laughs> I mean, there's something. They're they're there. Yeah, that first couple of lines, man. <laughs> what? <laughs> which I, which I'm assuming is why you don't hear it. The verses performed in church. Yeah. Who who talks about God rolling up his sleeves and putting, and putting on the ritz? <laughs> putting on the ritz. <laughs> but, but listen, he and he references so many different sections of the Bible. That I'm not even yeah. going to try to go through and 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 give you cross references to verses and stuff, but and he does a good job of that. He really does. And in the his songwriting style lyrically is kind of fun and it's quirky. And I have a quote from him about this song, and this is kind of what set me off to dig deeper into Rich Mullins because. I read this quote and really, really had a lot of respect for him after that. And that's what kind of sent me down this rabbit hole of, let me find out more about this guy. He, he seemed like a kind of down to earth dude. And so let me read this quote that he, about this song in a 1996 interview. So the year before he, he died, he stated the following about awesome God quote, you know, the thing I like about Awesome God is that it's one of the worst written songs that I ever wrote. <laughs> what a way to start a, a, a quote on a, a, from an oh interview. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that he said, is fantastic. Well, that's not the whole quote. <laughs> I know, I know, but to start it out, that is amazing. Yeah. He said, the thing I like about Awesome God is that it's one of the worst written songs that I ever wrote. It's just poorly crafted. But the thing is that sometimes I think that when you become too conscientious about being a songwriter, the message becomes a vehicle for the medium. This is a temptation that I think all songwriters have. I think a great songwriter is someone who is able to take a very meaningful piece of wisdom or of folly or whatever and say it in a way that is most likely to make people respond. But what you want them to respond to is not how cleverly you did that. What you want them to respond to is your message, end quote. So I thought that that was really, I, that really set off this whole rabbit hole of Rich Mullins and trying to find out more about him because I just that that kind of candid man response. that's so honest and so like <laughs> yeah he's like not this self-deprecating is a terrible... it's it's um what's the phrase I'm looking for it's like self-aware that's what I was looking right for, self-aware. yeah very very self-aware and and I think that that's look that's important as a songwriter if you're if you're a songwriter or you want to be a songwriter or anything like that you have to have a level of self-awareness and understand that 
some of your songs are just not good, (laughs) that doesn't mean that other people can't find pleasure or or fulfillment or meaning something meaningful in them because obviously plenty of christians have found something in this song it would not be it have been repeated for so in so many churches all these years if if for no other reason then it's like a battle cry kind of thing and there's something to be said about being okay with the fact that one of your songs is that and i think a lot of songwriters have these feelings where i i've had people come up to me and say I really like that song about such and such. And I'm in the back of my mind, I'm going, man, I'm probably, I'm like one step away from scrapping that song, but they found some kind of meaning and some kind of connection with the song. And and that's fine. That's good. But it doesn't mean the song is good. It doesn't mean that it's, it's it's the same with me, my pottery. There's, there's stuff that I'm like, man, I kind of just want to put this on the discount shelf. Uh, let me give it one more shot. And then somebody says that they love it. And I right. was like, Ugh, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you're, you, when you're, when you're crafting something, you're not necessarily thinking about the consumer, about the, the person that's going to be partaking in that, uh, that particular craft. But then when it gets out there and you realize, man, this is, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Someone out there is probably thinks that it's great. And as long as they can find meaning and find some type of connection with it, it doesn't matter if it's a poorly written song. I mean, it does in my mind, it's hard for me to let go of stuff like that. If I write a bad song, I just want to get rid of it and never see it again and never revisit it. But I also understand that sometimes the way things work is there can still be connections. And then you use that song or that piece of pottery or whatever you're, you're making and you use it to improve and to get better. And yeah, he you can is, always refine. And I, know? and I've listened to some of his songs today, uh, some, some songs from that record and from some of his other records that he's he's a really good songwriter he really is um and so i definitely see where he's coming from with this because some of the other stuff i listened to was just on a whole different level as this song and and so and and i don't the some of the lyrics are hokey right but it's when you listen to his other stuff was he was he on a deadline for this one i don't understand (laughs) (laughs) it's another one of those happy accident things man where he 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 didn't know that this song was going to get big he didn't know that this was going to be as big as it was and but yeah so i went down this rabbit hole and we'll talk a little bit more about that as we have more of the discussion but what what are some of your thoughts okay so before I, before I get into the musicality of it, because I want to hear your thoughts on that, since we're already talking about the lyrics, I want to go into to that a little bit more. I think I, I specifically remember singing some of these lyrics in church, but I definitely do not remember singing the first line, when he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the Ritz. <laughs> so, speaking of refinement of lyrics... I'm pretty sure in church it always started with there's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. But what does that mean as far as like the measures of the song? I'm not really sure how that works in in the timing of the song. But uh, oh, I definitely just, remember. You just oh, mean ahead. you just mean um, like chord structure or or yeah, chord whatever. structure measures. However, that works. I'm, I'm hey, I'm a percussionist, so I just well, I'm a hand <laughs> percussionist, so I just listen. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. Well, the the chord structure is is repeating in the in the verse. The only time it changes is 
at the very end as it goes into the chorus. Oh, so okay. So pick, I see it picking now. up right there at there's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. It's the same. It's the same uh, chord progression. It's F sharp because they have the "Our God is an awesome God" refrain right after that to fill out the progression. Right. That right. Okay. It's it's just F sharp. It's just F sharp minor, B minor seventh, C sharp minor seventh, and then back to F sharp minor. That's that's just the. Um, that's just the chord progression in the in the verse, and it changes up a, a pretty good bit in the chorus. Well, but and I guess that kind of fits. That still fits too, because then if you take out that first line, well, I guess technically the first two lines, then you have two two lines to lead into like I don't know what you would call that a bridge or a pre-chorus, pre probably pre-chorus. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, I definitely remember singing about kicking them out of Eden too. Um, so yeah, that that's that's one thing that stood out to me is like put rolling up a sleeve and putting on the Ritz. I've I do not remember singing that. <laughs> You're right. I though, remember. You know, I yeah. once I listened to the song, I remembered all the other stuff, but I do not remember that part. Like that's that's <laughs> uh, the that's Mandela effect right there. That was that's never existed before I listened to it tonight. The other thing that that uh, you you mentioned the word uh, or the phrase battle cry, mm-hmm. and that totally clicked with me because one of the things that I wrote down is uh, peaks and valleys. Like the the verses are like dark and kind of brooding and building, and then mm-hmm. it comes into a, in my opinion, an unsatisfactory crescendo in the chorus. <laughs> it, it, you know the the verses the music musically the verses aren't bad. I mean it's not my thing. Mm-hmm. But it works. But when you go into the chorus, I just feel like there should be more, even though the lyrics are saying like this is the best. <laughs> it right. just doesn't it doesn't really work. The juxtaposition yeah. can be useful, like it you know, in songs contrast, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't work here for me. Yeah. Music musically. Lyrically, I mean you can't you can't argue with a, a Christian who thinks that God is the awesomest, but uh, <laughs> musically it just doesn't work. Yeah, and and so see what I think what's weird about the chorus is that okay, so so you've got lots of minors, lots of sharp minors, lots of sharp minor sevenths in the in the verse. And then when it gets to the chorus, here's the reason why the chorus sounds a little off. It goes to D major, A major, E major, and then it goes to F sharp minor, which that that still you know fits within that mold. And then when it go when it says with wisdom, power, and love, that line, our God is an awesome God, it goes back to the same chord progression as the verse. And so it that repetition aspect of having the same line in the chorus that you're having that you're repeating through the verses every every couple lines our god is an awesome god it just it doesn't quite work with that same chord uh, progression as the verse just kind of shoehorning it in there with the b minor c sharp minor and f sharp minor and then goes right back into d major again for the second half of the uh for the second repetition of the chorus it just feels a little off because when it when the chorus is over and it goes back into the second verse and it gets darker and and calms down a little bit it just yeah it just doesn't really work shoehorning in those those refrains with that particular chord progression when you have all these major chords major 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 not not to say that 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 idea can't work it just no, doesn't work here it doesn't it just doesn't work here and it has an interesting 
melody. I think that the melody of the song is actually pretty good, but it just, the chord progression kind of gets lost and it feels meandering a little bit in the, in the chorus. And maybe that's part of what he meant when he talked about the, the, it's not very well stitched together. I'm yeah, not and sure I'm, I'm exactly just now, what he meant about it. <laughs> I'm just now realizing that I, I'm feeling bad about criticizing the song when he already knows it's bad. yeah if anything it should you should feel like liberated and be like okay now we can really trash this song okay so let's do that (laughs) because uh i'm now reading some of these lyrics and oh man uh better his return is very close and so you better be believing oh sorry actually one one line before it it wasn't for no reason i kind of hate whenever songwriters do that just to make the meter match yeah you know i i would i much more appreciate see i'm i'm my english isn't great either but (laughs) i i really appreciate when writers will find a way to make it work correctly and not to say that grammar is everything because grammar you know incorrect grammar can add emphasis to it but clearly here it's just it's just to fill syllables. Well, like we it's, always say. it's to fill syllables, but what it ends up being is it ends up being a little confusing, a little muddled, right? Because you're, you're like, wait, 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 a double negative. So it was not for no re wait. So it was for a reason yeah. like, <laughs> well, and I'm not even, I'm not even, uh, you know, I'm not even against double negatives because I know what he means, but it's not. Those kinds of things that, like I said, the the incorrect grammar can be used for a purpose. It's just not here. It just feels like you said before, shoehorn. It just feels forced. Uh, he, he could even have, though it's a lazy way of saying something. It does kind of feel forced here. He could have said, "You know, you know, he had a reason to shed his blood," and it's the same amount of syllables. So, so it's he's he's trying to be very. Um, lighthearted with his lyrics obviously he's he's saying putting on the ritz in a, in a christian yeah. a praise and worship song but it, it uh, yeah the double negative there it's it's fine look grammar in in music is not obviously it's not that big of a deal i've, I've yeah there are there are lyrics where someone says took instead of taken but it works because that you know it's they're rhyming with something and it's it's very and the syllables it's very syllable count, is syllable count and it's very informal and that's how some songs are some songs work like that but and the sound of the word took itself is like more piercing than taken right which is so- a softer yeah. sound and that's just one little example but gra- grammar wise it's fine like you don't you don't have to follow the yeah the and i'm not saying i'm not it. trying to be someone that's all about grammar i just no, say i know it, it yeah. just it doesn't work here again. no it, it just becomes a little confusing and and when when people always say oh oh Jesus is coming it, it's it, he's it's close his return is close <laughs> it's like they've been saying that for two thousand years yeah 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 they have so sorry that just doesn't that doesn't fly with me anymore because every generation says the end times are near and oh, man. and to to be expecting that like you're you're wishing terrible things to happen to most of humanity and so that's not a very jesusy thing to to think or do the whole oh the end times are coming I'm like nope no they're not 
No, yeah. they're not. Because uh, <laughs> the when whenever John was talking about that in Revelation, the the temple had just been destroyed, and that was where God lived. And so, if you're if the place where your God lived was destroyed, would wouldn't you not think that that was the end times? Mm. <sighs> oh, uh, so how do you think that? Uh, where do you think the connection comes from? From sorry. Again, bad grammar. Where do you think the connection is between Sodom and sodomy? Because I don't know. Um, etymolo- I expected a bigger laugh from that. <laughs> <laughs> no. It, it, well, what's what's interesting? There, I know that I know that the derivation, the etymology of what we call sodomy, comes from the city yeah. of Sodom. But I don't. You know, in the in the text, it does talk about they were uh, sexually immoral and among other reasons why God was going to destroy the city. So that, that's probably it, right? Because modern Christianity, uh, I say modern, I mean, as in like the last, you know, 200 years or so, uh, looked down upon homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And so like, well, what's the, what, what was the most sexually deviant uh, thing in the Bible? Well, it was Sodom. So right. what these, what these homosexuals are doing is called sodomy. Yeah. We're just going to, we're going to take that term and and make it, you know, what they're doing to Lit- mean a bad thing. Literally, literally name a a sexual act after a city that was laid to waste. <laughs> like, yeah. it's 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 a, it's a there's a violent aspect to to that term sodomy, and I and I know that it's become an offensive word to some people in in the gay community with good reason. I didn't. I did not know that. Actually. And, and I and I don't know how sensitive of a word that that is for some people. And look, we're if that if that's a trigger thing for you, if you're listening, we're we're not trying to make light of that. We, we're just you know throwing throwing this out there. It's he mentions he mentions it in the song, and we're just looking at etymology. So we're not not trying to trigger anyone or or say anything bad about it. If if anything, we're we're on your side in this thing. We're just so if you yeah. we're, we're deeply sorry if you find that word offensive and we won't say it again, maybe. But oh yeah, wow! I did not even think about that. I I I just I I really do not have any problem with homosexuality. Well, so and I, I think I, the I, listeners by now probably know that that we don't. But I just I did not think or or know that that might be. I mean, people were people word. were being imprisoned for it, you know, uh, forty yeah. years ago. So <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's a sensitive topic and. Uh, we're we're obviously trying we're kind of joking around about some things but but in that respect we're you know very we understand you know as much as we can understand that it, it may be a little bit of a sensitive thing for for some folks so but anyway can I can I tell you a little anecdote about uh, a high school experience that I had wait that can't that was not timed correctly the way that I phrased that oh wait what <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about god oh my god all right sorry uh okay so in english class uh not getting better uh i it was it was my senior year in high school Mm -hmm. i was still 17 not important detail (laughs) (laughs) uh we had to we had a project that we had to do i really set that up all wrong uh, in my English class, we had a project that we had to do where, you know, we 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 picked a potential career that we would pursue after high school. And, of course, mine was pastor. Mm-hmm. So, naturally, man, so, ma- so many jokes that I can make right 
<laughs> so after setting that up. Uh, so <laughs> we had to pick a topic of of interest, uh, a topic of the day uh, to do a presentation on, you know, based on the career topic that we've picked. Mm-hmm. And so mine was uh, homosexuality in the church. And oh, no. I... No, it's not going where you think it's going. It... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I want to make so many jokes. Sorry, that's just not not okay. Edit that out. <laughs> so I basically just, it was like a five-minute presentation. So I, I was just saying that, you know, the Bible says these things about homosexuality, but these people that are protesting and, you know, that are homosexual are saying that God loves everybody. He forgave everybody at the cross, you know. And I, and I was just kind of playing, not playing, I don't want to say playing both sides, but I was I was offering both sides of the argument about homosexuality in the church. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I didn't I didn't give any opinions because that wasn't the assignment. You know, I, I at the time I wanted to, but the assignment was, you know, present the present present these arguments, you know, and that's it. So I didn't do that. And uh, I, I remember specifically a girl coming up to me after class and saying, wow, you did such a great job. I, I don't think that I could have done that. I would have I would have totally just talked about how wrong it was to be homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't I don't she probably would have said gay, not homosexual, but. I don't say that to pat myself on the back. I just say that to say how ingrained it was in in that time. This was 2003, 2004, maybe, where actually it might have been earlier than that. It might not have been senior year. But anyway, it just it came to my mind and it was what I, I, I it's something that I think about every now and then for some reason. I don't know why. Just something that stuck with me. But I guess that's all I have to say about this song. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I want to bring something up. And I, so I, we'll get heavy for a second because I, I don't want to go too deep in it. I know we both would have plenty to say about it, but just to give our listeners maybe a little insight into my deconstruction, I want to look at the lyrics of the chorus, specifically the line where uh, he sings with wisdom, power and love. And these words had never really stood out to me obviously in my on fire for Christ days and, and even at all until I was doing my research and stuff for this song. And I thought about the fact that here's the, here's the three attributes that most conservative evangelical Christians assign to God right here in this one line, right? Wisdom. In other words, he's all knowing power. He's all powerful and love. He's all loving. Now, part of my deconstruction was trying to I've I've always struggled with whether God could possibly possess all three of these attributes at the same time are you gonna bring up the book what book there's a book that we sorry I didn't mean to break your momentum but there was that book that we talked about in what was it uh, the Bible as literature or it was uh, dr dr Downs dr dr Downing, Downing. dr Downing mm-hmm. the why do bad things happen to good oh, people? Oh, when when bad things happen to good when people. When bad things uh, happen to ra- good people. Rabbi Harold Kushner, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, and here's the thing. My my struggle to to determine if God can be all three of these things simultaneously really has steered my deconstruction a bit. Now, I know there are plenty of defenses for and against these essences of God, and, and it's a topic all on its own, and it's 
way out of the 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 uh, purview of this podcast. There's there's theological debates, there's philosophical debates here, but a big part of my deconstruction has been reconciling the nature of God and which of these attributes, if any, are consistent with a divine being or the divine being that I grew up worshiping and committing my life to. And I just, it's heavy because it's, I know that a lot of my Christian neighbors can, can bring in arguments and they can, they can show me things in the Bible and they can tell me the, the things that the Bible says, but I just don't know. I don't know if God, the God that I grew up knowing can be, can possess all three of these attributes at the same time. Now, is it possible for God to, and this is getting into the philosophical territory, is it possible for God to be all three of these things, but just at different times, right? He can be all knowing and he can know that every, everything that's going to happen, any possible scenario, and then he can also be all powerful and he can also be all loving, but he just can't be all three things at once. I mean, if, if there, if this being is God and it's who, if they are what the Bible says they are, then yeah, I mean, that's completely within the realm of possibility, right? But I just don't, I struggle so much with, can God be all three and at the same time? Well, one art, one, I won't say argument. One thing that I've heard in reference to, to this specific thing is, what if it's not just about humans on earth, whether that means other creatures on earth, what, you know, or other creatures in the universe, or what is the, there's, you know, there's no possible way to be all good but what about being the most good or causing the most good because we all know things could be worse they could be better but maybe this is the most good that could happen now but i don't really buy that either uh yeah it's all it's all balance anyway Uh, there's other religions that talk more about balance than christianity does and 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 i i i'm not familiar with those so i don't want to speak to i've always kind of looked at at it as god God can be two of the three at any given yeah. time. That's what and, that's what's talked about in that book, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I think I think uh, Harold Kushner does talk about it. Like where, so if you're if you're talking about, and this is tragic, but let's just take a a, a child, a young a young kid getting cancer, right? Term a terminal illness, something something like that. So God can be all loving in that scenario, and He can be all knowing. In that scenario, but is he all powerful because he can reverse this illness and he can take this away and and save this child or he can be all knowing or he can be all powerful and all loving. But because he didn't know, he wasn't all knowing. Right. It's I don't want to get too much in the weeds with or if he's not all loving and not all power, but he is all powerful and all all knowing. But he's not all loving, then you know right. why, why do, it? do it? Yeah, exactly. Um, it's more of a selfish uh, type thing. But yeah, and like I said, I, I didn't want to get too into it. It was just it was funny because it was just something that I, I listened to this song the other day because when I decided that this is what I was going to do, and I those those three words stuck out to me, and I was like, whoa! It I guess when something like that happens, it just makes me want to 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 reflect and meditate on it a little while and. I don't think my, you know, my perspective on any of that has changed. And again, I could have done a lot more research on that and maybe given some 
some philosophical arguments and some theological arguments for, for either side, but I just didn't have that time. And also just, we could get way in the weeds with, oh, with yeah. that, this with is, that kind of thing. It's, a, it's an unanswerable question. So yeah, it really is. But I, okay. So I mentioned earlier when we first started talking about the song, how I went down this rabbit hole uh, on rich Mullins. So I want to end this praise and worship segment with a little bit more background information, just a little bit. I read that he was heavily influenced by St. Francis of Assisi, which when I saw that, I was like, man, that is so cool. So I did some digging on that. And he wrote a musical shortly before he died. He wrote a musical based on St. Francis of Assisi's life, but he said it, the setting for the musical was like in the old West. So I'm really wondering. Interesting. If, I'm really wondering if it, should if it's we do out another? There. Should we really try to see if we can find it and do another uh, video review? That like would be that Hillsong? would be so fun because because they gave the title and everything, and I, I didn't write that down in my notes, but I it, I can easily find that information again and maybe maybe find some performance of it. That would be really cool, I think. Um, but here's where I wanted to end it, and this just you talked about like you felt bad for shitting on the song because he was uh, because he was so upfront about the fact that the song was bad. This is why I didn't want to shit on the song is when I went down this <laughs> rabbit hole. Okay. So check this out. So he went to college later in life. So when he, pa- when he died in 97, he was 41 years old and um, he went to college from 91 to 95 Bef- before he started college in the early nineties. He went to a Navajo reservation in New Mexico oh, what? to teach children music. And he was like just teaching them music. It wasn't like a missionary thing. He just wanted to go and, and hang out with different people and learn about their culture and teach them, you know, instruments and stuff like that. Now, when he graduated from college in 1995, he moved permanently to the Navajo reservation and he moved there permanently and he was teaching music to the native children and he was asked if he made the move. So, so he was playing a music festival uh, after he had moved there. He was playing a uh, Christian music festival and he was asked uh, if he made the move because God had called him to proselytize and convert the native Americans to this Mullins responded, quote, no, I think I just got tired of a white, evangelical, middle-class perspective on God, and I thought I would have more luck finding Christ among the pagan Navajos. I'm just teaching music. And, dude, I love that so much because it's <laughs> it sounds like something that St. Francis or a Franciscan monk would say, that they are, they are living yeah. among people because they can get a different perspective and they can be they can become better themselves because they have a different perspective. He was tired of the same old white evangelical view of God and he wanted to find who God really is through people who do not even worship God, who do not even care about the Christian God and I just found that just entirely fascinating and it it really made me respect this guy and when i read that man i i immediately started listening to his music and it just i he i don't know i just i really love that and it made that, me really happy to to read that and 
I don't know. Well, it it makes me sad that we missed out on potentially another 40 years of this guy being right. in, exactly. in that world. Exactly. The, he could have revolutionized <laughs> Christianity in a yeah. way yeah. because because of of that mentality. That's wow. He could have he could have brought a lot of a lot more quality praise and worship music. You know, he he could have Yeah. He could have been, or he could have just lived lived a modest life. I also read that he, for all of his proceeds from touring and from, from album sales, he gave to his church elders, and his church elders actually would take the money, and they would pay him a living wage, which uh, the average living wage at the time, and they would take the rest of the money, and they would give it to charity. Like that's what he did. He he did. He believed in being very simple, uh, simple lifestyle. He didn't want to be rich. He didn't want fame. He just wanted to make a difference in the world. And I, man, I wow, I can't say enough about how cool the guy was. And so that's why I didn't do Michael W. Smith's version of this song because well, thank to, you for that because I had no idea about any of this. Yeah, up to that point, I was like Michael W. Smith. It's just going to be also. You dodged a bullet, sir, because if I would have done the Michael W. Smith version, it would have been the lowest word count by far. <laughs> I think it I think it was like fifteen or sixteen words. Like because Michael W. Smith's version is just the chorus. So oh my goodness. Uh, you dodged a bullet, but I'm really glad that I got to learn a lot more about Rich Mullins. Yeah, and, that's wow. That that's also that should be our what would Jesus do segment too, man. Yeah, that's, just shoehorn it in there. That's that's what would Jesus do and the praise and worship song. So we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, Jesus or Jessica. All right, welcome back, everyone. Next up, we have our midpoint mini game of the week. This week, it's my turn to give Luke a lyric from either a praise and worship song or a secular love song, and Luke's got to tell me if those lyrics are talking about Jesus or Jessica. So, ready for your lyrics, Luke? Yes. Oh, you actually said yes this week. <laughs> no, I realized that I kept saying no, <laughs> so I wanted to. I wanted to. Change it up a bit, you know, from one to the other. All right. So here you go. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. Oh, man. I always expect more lyrics and I'm, <laughs> I'm, I never get enough. Uh, one more time, please. Beauty that made this heart adore you. Hope of a life spent with you. <sighs> I'm going to go with my gut like I always do and say, Jessica. <laughs> I finally got you, dude. I finally got you. Ah, Is that the first one that I've gotten wrong? Yes. Yes. Ah. I got him. Woo! Uh. Hopefully that wasn't too loud. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was way too loud. Sorry, guys. Yeah, so here I am to worship by Matt Redman. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm going to edit out my singing. I'm so disappointed. so bad. <laughs> uh, how many episodes and I have and this is the first one I've gotten oh uh, well let's see so in thir- thir- 13 in real time 14? yeah we're like 14 or so episodes in and I've probably done nine or ten Jesus or Jessica something like that I'd I'd have to go back and look but yeah yeah 
Oh, I forgot to mention this earlier in the what's, what's the word segment is the very first episode, I got it exactly right, and it's not released. <laughs> yeah, so. and I think we had, we had mentioned that in a, a more recent, oh, like an actually did. released episode. But yeah, you, you got it right on the nose, and it was, it was so ridiculous because it was the very first episode, and I just, if we had released the episode, which we will eventually, I'm sure that people would roll their eyes on the very first episode and be like, there's no way that this was not staged or yeah. that they they didn't collude you know oh, together man my guts always done me right in this segment and <laughs> need to get your guts checked it just it just didn't feel you know to spend a life with you it's like well it's <laughs> if you're a christian you think you're gonna spend more than a life with with god so how that's bad that's also bad right i'm sure we're gonna do that song uh eventually but yeah here I am to worship. Well done, CJ. Thank you. You finally got me. All righty. So we're going to move right along into our secular song segment. So this week... Luke brought us a secular song, something that he's been vibing with lately. No, not really. <laughs> something that he likes. Not really. Something not that at all, he actually. just wanted to bring. Wants to talk about, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, Luke, what did you? What secular song did you bring this week, man? Okay, so I hope you don't get mad at me. Oh, no. Because this is a song we've talked about doing. I think this is one of the songs that that was the uh, inspiration for the podcast. (sighs) I don't know what you're going to say right now. (laughs) I want to build it up. Uh, Carrie Underwood, Before He Cheats. Oh, you did Before He Cheats. Oh, man. I thought you were going to say Jesus Take the Wheel. Oh, that's going to come in (laughs) to the discussion. And I'm sorry to all the listeners who have to listen to the whole song, but you can always <laughs> skip forward. Use that 15-second skip. Take, a, take a, a few seconds to listen to some of the lyrics, but yeah. Eh, I, I'm, I'm happy that I'm the one that got to this one first, because I know we were both talking about doing it eventually. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Okay. Well, we're going to listen to... <laughs> Before he cheats by Carrie Underwood, and listen, like Luke said, you don't you don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't want to. You can, but we're gonna talk plenty about it, I'm sure. So don't worry about listening to it if you don't want to. And we'll meet you back here in just a few. Welcome back, neighbors. You just had to listen to Carrie Underwood's. Before he cheats. <laughs> Had to listen to. <laughs> so before I ask your opinion on this song, CJ, I wanted to say one thing. This mm-hmm. podcast is ruining my Spotify and YouTube algorithm. Oh, yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm going to spring a, a little mini game on you Ooh. called how many crimes do you think were committed in this song? <laughs> Didn't have, did, could not think of a clever name for the segment. Just how many crimes were committed in this song? 
We gotta do we gotta do this segment for other songs too. Well, am I well? How many can you name? Because I'm sure it's state to state, it could be different. How many can you name? Okay, she she keyed his truck. Okay, that's not the name of the crime. You gotta name. Oh, I gotta give like the actual legal uh, like. I'll give you some leniency. Just give some Uh, uh, property um, damage. Okay, yeah. What do you whatever you call that? Yep. more prop like four counts of property damage <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll give that oh, well the biggest the biggest crime is that she uh recorded this song oh. first of all <laughs> uh, i don't know okay uh, crime okay. okay how many yeah well just, just number? N- as many as you can name i don't have all the answers either because it depends on state to state but i, I have like <laughs> I four or five here <laughs> okay i don't yeah so you got Property damage, property damage, property damage, property damage. <laughs> that's four. Um, performing this song, that's five. I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll say four. Okay, so four is pretty close to being correct again. It's state to state, and I this four could also be wrong. It's probably more. I'll give you. We'll see. We'll see what I'll give you. So vandalism. Uh, destruction of property, which is, you said that. Vandalism and destruction of property, I'm not sure the difference, but it's a, it's legal stuff, so they can try to get you on more stuff. Uh, damage to property, so destruction of property and damage to property is are two different things. And if that pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive is worth more than $500, which, let's face it, it is, yeah. uh, it can be a felony punishable by more than a year in prison. <laughs> so maybe next time she'll think before she goes on a rampage uh because of a guy that she's not there there's so much there's so much in this song that is funny to me and first of all she calls the girl that's he's hanging out with white You're, trash are you reading my notes <laughs> she she call, she calls the girl white trash and then she literally <laughs> does the most white trash thing yeah. by completely overreacting. She also mentions singing singing Shania, and she's a country music artist. Like okay, <laughs> like that is some that is okay. Th- that I did make a note about the Shania reference because I find I find white trash Shania karaoke that phrase so ironic. Because yeah. okay, so we have we have karaoke every month at the brewery, and I if I'm working that night, like if I'm up there brewing or whatever I'm doing up there, I have heard dozens of white trash performances of Before He Cheats. So that to me stood out, and it made me laugh really hard because yeah. <laughs> he's talking about white trash Shania karaoke, and I've seen plenty of white trash Before He Cheats karaoke. So. Yeah, and uh, Carrie Underwood also doesn't seem to be that much of a supporter of women. I I realize that we're two straight white men talking about women issues, but I'm sorry, but you mentioned that she's, you think that this girl is saying that she's probably too drunk and you're, instead of going in and keeping her from making decisions that she wouldn't do if she was sober, you're destroying the car of... (laughs) That's so true. I didn't even think about that, but oh, that is I absolutely did. true. Uh, and 
we already mentioned the singing Shania and calling her a tramp. Uh, it's just very, it's very well, hypocritical. And, and well, and to be fair, not and, and listen. I'm not. I'm not on Carrie Underwood's side here. I mean, at least the perspective of this whoever wrote this song, but. The we don't know the situation here in this story, right? Does the does the yeah. bleach blonde tramp does the bleach blonde tramp know that sh- that Again. he has a woman at home? You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, reading, you're know, reading my notes, man. Know? Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> exactly. She alu. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hashtag. Hopefully, hopefully, people get that reference. Yeah. And and saying, oh, he's probably buying her some fruity little drink because she can't shoot whiskey again. That seems like you're hating you're hating on women because what's wrong with fruity drinks? Pina coladas are amazing. My ties are delicious. <laughs> like I don't like straight whiskey most of the time. Occasionally, I'll find one that's good, but I don't like just drinking whiskey. <laughs> what's am what's I a wrong tramp with CJ? fruity drinks? Exactly. Well, you're you're you might be a tramp, but you're not a bleach blonde tramp. <laughs> if you like fruity drinks, you might be <laughs> a bleach blonde tramp. <laughs> um, yeah, and she's man. probably getting frisky. Like she's putting that. That's the lyric there. She's probably yeah. getting frisky. It, it, like I don't. To me, we talk. Uh, we we want to build each other up. And I feel like if if you know that your man or your your significant other is is cheating on you, and you can easily catch them in the act and easily confront the situation and and go to the the other the person that they're cheating on you with, and say, hey, you know that like this is my person, like we're together, and obviously I know that those things escalate, and they I've I've watched cheaters at three a.m. so I I know how that is. <laughs> <laughs> but but if you can go about it in like a like almost um, an edifying way and say, hey, this guy's a dirtbag because I'm his his partner, like he's supposed to be in a committed relationship. Like we don't have an open relationship or we're not polyamorous or anything. It was very clear that it, it, it was just the two of us and, and all of that stuff. You get that out of the way and then you say, I'm done with him. And you should probably be done with him too because he's just going to do it again or, yeah. or whatever. Well, and there's you no evidence in the song that he actually did anything. She's saying right now he's probably doing all these things. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, again, syllables. They're 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 filling syllables here, but it but it completely changes the aspect of the song. Yeah. If she had said Right now, I know that he's slow dancing with a like. Yeah. I saw it with my own eyes. But if kind she of thing, said but, that, then why does she go confront him while he's doing it instead of vandalizing right. his vehicle? <laughs> like it right. does. It's so. It's so <laughs> dumb. This song is so dumb. And you might I, be thinking, "Oh, what does it matter? She's just a country artist. You know, she's just talking about d- defending herself from a man who's cheating on her." Well, on the same album. There is a song called Jesus Take the Wheel. I could not believe it's on the same album. It was oh literally the, the next single after Jesus Take the Wheel was this song. And every, I, I was in Louisiana at the time, every Louisiana woman loved this song. They also loved Jesus Take the Wheel. So, <laughs> like you said, it's still popular for karaoke now. 
Uh, right. But yeah. what's what's really interesting, let me pull it up, is also on the same album. Her debut, I believe it's her debut single, is called Inside Your Heaven. Dang it. Hmm. I thought I had it pulled up. Oh, I do. Okay. So uh, I'm just going to read the chorus of this song. Well, pre-chorus and chorus. So this is also on the same album as uh, Jesus Take the Wheel and uh, Before He Cheats. You're all I've got. You lift me up. The sun and the moonlight, all my dreams are in your eyes. And I want to be inside your heaven. Take me to the place you cry from, where the storm blows your way. And I want to be the earth that holds you. Every bit of air you're breathing in, a soothing wind, I want to be inside your heaven. Okay, so this is a love song to a to a, a, a person. Like, really weird and creepy. That's a good Jesus or Jessica. Exactly. Man. But if this is speaking to God, it's nonsensical. It's as if an AI wrote it. I want to be inside your heaven. Take me to the place you cry from, God, where the storm blows your way. And I want to be the earth that holds you. Like, it's it really sounds like an AI wrote this song if it's about God or about it does. lover. It really just hits a lot of buzzwords that just don't make any sense as part of a song. But that's not the song we're talking about. I just wanted to hit that because it's on the same album that she's committing felonies. Can I can I say uh, uh, the the line in the chorus uh, carved my name into his leather seat? The first thing I thought <laughs> I of. I just realized what you're about to say. Oh my god. Do do you realize what I'm well, about to she's say? Well, she's she. This is a straight up admission. It's a signature. Like she's. This is a confession oh, yeah. well, in the middle of a no. crime. <laughs> That's not what well, I was going to say. How stupid can you be? Fantastic. Like you, you're you're telling the cops who did this, <laughs> sir. Do you know anyone with the initials CU? <laughs> no, it's name, not initials. Carrie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I I just I made another note during the song. I just thought it was stupid. Carved my name into his leather seat. Um, does this dude not lock his truck? Yeah, like lock your yeah. truck, bro. Add breaking and entering to the crime list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, de- like you said, depending on the state, but in Louisiana, your vehicle is part is is part of your property, basically. Like your uh, yeah, uh, an extension your, of your home. Uh, an, yeah, an extension of your home. So yeah, that would definitely be breaking and entering, whether it's locked or unlocked. It would be breaking and entering. But anyway. I just thought that was a stupid thought that I had was, dude, lock your truck, man. Yeah, I just can't believe. (laughs) I can't believe you chose this song. I can't get over the fact that you chose this song. And I I love it because I feel like, and maybe the listeners have thought about this too, because I've been thinking about this. We, we, We pick these praise and worship songs, and a lot of times we... Uh, we're we're dogging on them and and kind of trash talking for the most part on on praise and worship songs but then the secular songs are usually like oh this song is really good maybe maybe it's not for me on a musical level or anything like like we did thundercat last week and when we watched the live performance it was something that you weren't into and that's that's great i I love that those differing views but for the most part, our secular songs are not ones that we 
are setting up to trash like this. So I love that. And I really I think need we've to... trashed harder on this song already than any praise and worship song. Oh, dude, I dude. And I, I, I will I, say it's unfortunate that's a woman because I, I just don't want people to think like, oh, well, they they're hating on a woman's song. But no, this this is straight up hypocrisy considering that her biggest hit ever is Jesus Take the Wheel and her second biggest hit, or maybe even Tide, uh, is, you know, committing crimes and, and judgment and... And I could be wrong, but I believe it was Carrie Underwood who just recently released a gospel slash Christian slash praise and worship album, like a full album of nothing but... Uh, Christian oriented songs. I don't, I, I don't know any details about it. If it was stuff that she wrote or uh, uh, cover songs or maybe a combination, but, and, and look, we're, we're all hypocrites. We're, yeah. we're all, you know, do and say things that we are, are completely against the things that we would normally stand for. It's just human nature to, to mess up and to fall short and, and not, uh, talk the talk and uh, walk the walk kind of thing but yeah this song is just it has toxic kind of written all over it yeah and it's i get it someone cheated on you you're upset you're angry those are normal feelings to have but the uh, property destruction and damage is not the answer <laughs> and, yeah. and Especially, also again and what also, would jesus do right and treating and treating the other the third person involved this way or or talking about them this way again is not edifying it's not it's not like the bridge i mean if you want to if you want to have a redeeming quality i might have saved a little trouble for the next girl no you didn't because He's just going to be like, oh, I don't know who damaged my truck when they go, when they leave. No, the he will know because she wrote her name in his leather seats. <laughs> well, no, I know that. But I mean, like, he's going to play dumb if, if he's really trying to get in this other girl's pants. He's going to play dumb and be like, what the heck? I don't know. Uh, because if, if this other girl doesn't know that he's in a relationship and she's an innocent She's been kind of dragged into this and she's innocent of, and I say innocent, uh, look, I mean, cheating's not illegal, but the the point being like, if she has any knowledge of it, if she doesn't have any knowledge of it, then she's this innocent bystander and she's being dragged into it when she, she didn't save trouble, a little trouble for the next girl because she needed to go in and tell the girl. The next hey. girl's already involved. So Right, right. It, it, so it's null and void. Yeah. The, I, I there's a way to write a song like this to... Maybe maybe there's not. <laughs> this song is terrible. I've always hated this song. Well, Even when it, I was a Christian, to, I hated this song because it just it's like you just had a song. Three months ago, I just heard you talk about Jesus taking the wheel. And now you're... <laughs> Now Jesus is your accomplice and he's taken the wheel off of this guy's truck. <laughs> how how meta would that have been if if she included that line in this song where it's like I I carved my name into his leather seats and then Jesus took the wheel uh and we we boned out. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like I guess I guess my thing with uh with the way that this song is structured cuz you were talking about could you write a song like that? From a songwriting standpoint, to write a song that kind of includes all of the things that we're talking about, right? Where you go in and you confront him and you you calmly tell her what's going on 
and then you go outside and maybe you do all this this property damage that even would be better but but it's harder to write a song like that because it would require more lyrics. It would require You're more including story witnesses setup. to well that to pre vandalism. <laughs> yeah, that too. But but it would take just from a lyrical standpoint, it would take at least another verse, right? To to get the that storytelling aspect across to the listener. And most most country songs are really just. Most songs today, popular songs today, are in that three minute, three and a half minute range, and they don't want a, a Bob Dylan song with with yeah. nineteen verses, you know. So, which I which I understand and I get, but there's got to be a way to rework it to uh, to to make it a little bit more palatable and a little bit, like I said, a little bit more edifying for the other person involved because you're not you're not the only victim in this. Yeah, you're. Your You're also guessing or- based on the very first line of the song. You're guessing <laughs> that this is happening. <laughs> he's probably he's probably sidled up with uh, some <laughs> bleach blonde tramp, and she's blonde. Cannot- <laughs> uh, it's probably not natural. Probably bleach blonde. Yeah, yeah, for sure. She's describing <laughs> herself. Are we missing the entire point of this song? And she's describing herself. What's funny? Okay, I just looked this up. Oh man, written written by. Two men. Faith Hill. Okay. Uh. <laughs> oh, Faith would never write a song like this. Uh, written by Chris Tompkins and <laughs> Josh Keir. Chris Tompkins? Really? Tompkins, yeah. Yeah, Chris, uh, just it's so close to Chris Tomlin. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, two men wrote this song, which, which is so funny to me. Uh, I, it I sounds sure like was- a man wrote this song trying to sound trying to be a, a powerful woman it, it's just so again yeah it, and it's, that's I that that makes, that makes so much a lot sense. more sense the, the the tramp line uh the cheap cologne line the oh god it's just so bad to, to make this song better it would be a completely different song that's not talking about what the song's talking about uh yeah i had a lot more notes but we're running long i was going to talk about uh, uh cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias but you can Google those terms on your own and learn about those. It, it, we would be talking another half an hour if I went into that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, wow. I I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. I, I just, there's, there's a reason I, why this there's a reason why this song was one of the songs we talked about when talking about Christian artists and and, and doing a song or uh, doing this podcast because it. Yeah. I I just I want to thank you personally, Luke, for bringing this song this week. I I really really love that we can also pick secular songs that because I've never thought about it when it's my turn to pick a secular song. I'm not thinking. I'm thinking like, what's a song that I really love and I want to. I just want other people to listen to that maybe a little bit more obscure or lesser known some in, some indie artists or something like that and now you've just opened things wide open and it's this is going to be a lot of fun going forward cuz i have some secular songs that we can really really dig our teeth into so yeah anything else man uh Carrie Underwood if you ever want to come on the podcast you know you're welcome yeah you know, come on the podcast ex- i know you're explain listening explain yourself and- yeah, just just kind of, we'll let you defend it, and we'll listen, and we'll be respectful, 
And next time, don't let a couple of men write a song about women empowerment. That's probably not the best. Because I thought for sure she was going to have a writing credit on this song. Even if she didn't really write that much, maybe just had some input. And maybe she did have more than than the songwriting credits that I found just now. I just did a quick search. But yeah, just, man. Mm. All right. Before we head out... (laughs) We want to plug our email. You can always email us. Look, we, we're not getting emails. I know people are listening because I can see it on the thing. Send us an email, even if it's just to say, hey, you asked for an email, so here's an email. Yeah. But seriously. Timothy, I know you listen. Uh, Sandra, I know you've texted Brittany, me about it. I know Brittany listens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Tracy listens, but uh, honestly, Jer- I'm not sure. You're you're slacking. I know you keep t- telling me about it. I, you guys, you gotta send the email in. Otherwise, you're not getting on the podcast. Yeah, give it. Give us some feedback. Give us some. If you want to share a story, a personal story, something about your connection with why you're listening to this podcast, whether it's you're a Christian that's just interested in people dissecting praise and worship music, or maybe you're deconstructing or you're reconstructing yeah, I wanna, whatever you I wanna, are in your journey. I really want to know what started people's deconstruction. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That's really interesting to me because yours is different than mine. And so I'm curious right. what, what, what was the catalyst for other people's deconstruction. Yeah. And listen, if you send us an email and you want to tell a personal story like that, you can always include in the email that you don't want your name to be read or anything like that. We will not share those details. We'll keep everything uh, confidential, anonymous. And we just, any feedback, feedback you want to know, like positive, negative things that maybe some games that you would like us to play or Jesus or Jessica. During the the How's Your Walk segment like I was this week. (laughs) So boring. We're all, we're both really boring people, but we, you know, we, we go through phases where more exciting stuff happens, but yeah, we want to hear from you guys, Jesus or Jessica ideas or minor divine ideas. If you want to send those via email, just make sure you include in the subject line, what you're going to be telling us so that, you know, we send it to the right person, whether it's me or Luke. And that email address is praise and broship podcast at gmail.com. And also you can find that email in the show notes as well. So we're going to get out of here. We ran a little bit longer today, but, but not too much longer. And before we go, we always sign off. Remember everyone, please love your neighbor. As yourself. Bye, guys. Bye. Here I am to worship. Oh, I'm gassy.